parents, we need to be more involved in the educational process of our children. Welcome to Chalk Talk with your host, Eric Hamilton. The three pillars of Eric's approach to parent engagement are academics, accountability, and advocacy, which empower parents to better support success at the child, school, and system level. And now, here is Eric Hamilton. Hello, listeners around the world. This is Eric Hamilton, and tonight we have another outstanding show to talk to you. Tonight's show is entitled Charter School Movement Under President Donald Trump. I have been on the sidelines uh, in discussing educational issues since I rejoined Voice America uh, in September. And because of my um, background in politics, I have tried to purposely avoid political talk. I have purposely tried to engineer a show that parents can actually uh, tune in um, and also have a show that you can go back to in order to get information. Because at the end of the day, the purpose of this show if I have any new listeners, the purpose of this show is to empower parents, to educate parents, to be able to make effective decisions. These are the decisions that are needed in order to support your child's efforts, K through 12 and post high school. And many of us today have a lot of different difficult choices uh, that we're required to have to make. So I, I ask you to go online uh, to Voice America, go to the Empowerment Channel, click on Chalk Talk Radio and listen to previous shows. I think you'll you'll see that there are a lot of different topics. Tonight will be my first show where I actually will talk about politics. I typically don't like to talk to talk politics because I don't like the discord that we're having in this country about how to talk about politics. Tonight, I decided to do something a little bit differently because I wanted to kind of capture what's going on. And many of the people that I talk to kind of privately say, hey, Eric, we really like your conversation, but we would really like to hear you talk about what's going on nationally. So I decided, okay, what better choice to talk about right now than to talk about Donald Trump? to talk about the charter school movement. Um, Let me say first that tonight's show will not be a typical conversation in in an attempt to bash Donald Trump. That's not the purpose of my show. My show is to look at his educational policies to give you, the parent, a snapshot as to what is in the mind of the current administration. How do they see education? I think it's a fascinating look. So we're going to talk about the charter school movement under President Donald Trump. We're going to talk about his first selection uh, for secretary of education. I remember when there was much talk about who would take on this role, who would actually want to work for, for the Trump administration, who would he choose? During that time, there were a couple names that were thrown around. Uh, Michelle Ree, who is the former educational chancellor for the District of Columbia. Uh, Betsy DeVos was another name. Uh, and there were a couple other names that were talked about 
And I was really nervous once I heard some of these names. So we're, we're going to talk about, first of all, what is a charter school? How do we define it? We're going to talk about Betsy DeVos, who she is, why so many people are just outraged at her appointment and her still on the job trying to do something with the state of education. We're going to get into some current news events that have happened within the last three months around charter schools. And then we're going to talk about if you listen to what the president has said, if you listen to many of the conversations that Betsy DeVos has talked about, I want to give you a snapshot. I want to give you an idea as to where charter schools are going. I want to give you some numbers, as I typically do, about the state of charter schools, as well as if you are a parent who is considering a charter school, there are several different brands. There are several different entities in the country. I'm going to talk about where you will find the most um, charter schools diversity in terms of uh, what I mean diversity. I mean in terms of ideas. And we're going to talk about where are these moves going? How, why under the Trump administration is there such a push around charter schools? I have two articles that I'm going to cite tonight, which will make it real very easy for you. Um, for many folks who may not know, a charter school is basically a, a, a public school that's provided by tax dollars uh, that gives a school system a chance to be innovative. Innovative may mean you may not necessarily have to stick to a traditional curriculum. You may have the ability to change a curriculum. For instance, at the high school level, you may decide in your charter school that you want a vocational arts where students have a chance in the ninth and 10th grade to determine their careers, college prep or vocational arts. I've had a chance to work at a charter school, two to be exact, where that was the option that students had a chance to pick out what they wanted to do as a career path and actually take courses. So a charter school is one of these ideas that in the beginning and, and during the beginning of the movement of the charter school, which I would say started in the late uh, 1990s, uh, two states were the leaders of charter schools. That would be the great state of Minnesota and the great state of Massachusetts, which, by the way, lead the country in terms of educational achievement as well as innovative ideas. Those two states came up with very interesting laws that gave parents the right to work with school leaders, the ability to create a school that was in their best interest. And these schools uh, did some different things. These, these schools had uh, parents to participate. They got local community leaders. They got business leaders. They have a variety of different individuals to come in and actually build a school. So the charter school movement took off and Washington, D.C. became the nation's incubator of charter schools. So, yes, they do have to adhere to the same rules and regulations, but unfortunately, they do not have to. Uh, they're not accountable to the board. 
charter schools offer the same courses. They offer the same standardized exams that a public schools um, accounts for. But in terms of their accountability, in terms of their direction from the principal up, you will see oftentimes that charter schools are, confl- are, are differently structured. Now, that's the definition. It's a, it's a public uh, tax provided, a public tax funded school, much like a regular public school. The difference is, is that the state allows these schools uh, to be innovative and they do have policies that they have to adhere to but they're not always subject to the same standards. Now, tonight's conversation, I want to talk about the pros and cons. I want to talk about Betsy DeVos, as many of you know, who has been um, the Secretary of Education under the Trump administration. Immediately when she became the leading candidate, um, Democrats were up in arms. I want to talk about that briefly. Um, But I want to to be known that tonight's conversation is not a partisan conversation. This is not about um, the Democrats being right to attack Mrs. DeVos or the Republicans um, not doing their job to hold um, the president accountable, if that's possible, uh, to make a good selection. This is not what this conversation is, is about. This conversation is not about Democrats or Republicans, but this conversation is about the current administration. What should we look for in the next four years in terms of the charter schools across this country? How do we know what's coming? Is there a playbook? Has someone's hands been tipped? Do we have a chance to see what charter schools are going to look like? And I say yes. I say that we do have a hand. And I want to read some information for you tonight to kind of get you to that to that um, to that understanding. On the pro sides, I'm going to give you the pros and cons, in my opinion, about charter schools. I think the innovation that they provide is extraordinarily creative. There are many examples of charter schools where the curriculum is totally different. If I'm a student who really performs in the field of uh, music, and if I'm going to a school that does not have a music program, if I have a chance to go to a school that can direct their energies towards my passions and learning, I think it's a great fit. I think the content uh, school administrators have a have a good opportunity to be very different around courses that they that they offer. One of the downsides to charter schools is the unbelievably high lack of accountability. Uh, Charter schools do not have to have the same level of accountability under under and operating under a board. A board of education is a governing body that is responsible for making sure that the things are operating properly or by some type of bylaws. Under charter schools, a charter school can pop up, stay in business, keyword business, which we'll get to, for a couple of years, and then that charter school will disappear. Uh, many of them will go into older buildings, and many of them will attempt to to, to do their um their process. And then if they're not successful, many of them will shut down. So those are some of the general uh, pros and cons to the charter schools. Now, now I will say this before I move forward. 
after all of my research, I did a lot of research in graduate school around charter schools. I've written several papers. I've presented a couple of times. I've worked in two charter schools. I think that charter schools are really good opportunities. Uh, Many people say that charter schools are incubators for good ideas, meaning that uh, someone may have a good idea about how to do a lunch program, how to offer healthy food, uh, how to offer um, different type of coursework, cosmetology, for instance. And then if it works at a charter school, then a larger system can actually adopt this. So I think that in one way, charter schools do provide some different ways of looking at things. However, there are some drawbacks. And under the current administration, I think that America needs to really be very careful about the current administration in terms of how they are going to actually implement a charter school. If you go to, um, there's two articles I want to cite tonight. One under CNN, uh, CNN Politics, which is dated February 7th, 2017. Charter schools controversy will only grow under DeVos. They do a very good job of explaining her role, her background, And I would argue for those individuals who are not really aware of the controversy that centers around uh, the current education secretary, have a chance to go on YouTube, look at education, um, sorry, look at divorce confirmation hearings. And I I typically don't make these kinds of statements, but after listening to the confirmation hearings, And listening to the Democrats uh, ask very legitimate questions, very legitimate questions to the current secretary of education. I was very embarrassed to be in the education profession because Mrs. DeVos did not do a good job of being prepared. She did not do a good job of of taking the educational jargon that we as educators use every day, she was not the most prepared individuals. And because of that, the the Democrats, um, they had a field day asking her very basic questions around student achievement, around accountability, and she struggled. She really struggled to, to answer some basic questions. If I am the Secretary of Education, And if I am the leading uh, person who's trying to lead an effort, whatever that effort may may need to be, I need to be able to to use the same kind of language, the same kind of conversation, the same kind of information that many of the individuals that she will face um, must have been very uncomfortable for her. But look at the confirmation here and you will see her really hesitate to answer some very basic questions. Before I take my first break, I think it's important to understand that after watching uh, the confirmation hearings, and I had a chance to actually watch them live, and I actually had a chance to watch them with some of my students, and they asked, you know, what was going on? Why, why was she being asked these questions? It becomes apparent to me 
that the current Trump administration was looking for an individual who comes from a business background. Mrs. DeVos, her husband, is the former heir of the Amway Empire. Amway, for those individuals who may not know, is a a company uh, back in the 80s and 90s that sold literally everything. They sold soap, they sold water, they sold shoes. I mean, they sold all kinds of different brands of of merchandising. <clears throat> so she comes from a background, and she comes from the state of um, Michigan, which we're going to talk about. But it becomes apparent to me that President Donald Trump chose an individual who would represent his thinking in rounds of how he sees America. So when we come back, we're going to talk about, I'm going to give you some great numbers, some numbers to chew on around education, uh, the charter school movement. We're going to look at some of the things that happened during her confirmation hearing, and then we'll get into some of the real um, hard issues around the charter school movement. So please hang on, and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to finish uh, getting deeper into our conversation around the charter school movement under President Donald Trump. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's time to eradicate barriers that are holding you back in your relationships and your life. Start by embracing the concept of laughing loudly and loving deeply. Coincidentally, that's the name of a highly anticipated new show featuring host Dr. Faith Brown. She'll talk with life experts or life spurts in order to help you develop your own vision plan for better relationships and experiencing the ultimate enjoyment in life. Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith can be heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. are listening to Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton. We want to hear from you during today's show by phone or by email. Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to eric at choctalkradio.xyz. That's eric at choctalkradio.xyz. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back to Chalk Talk. My name is Eric Hamilton, and tonight we are talking about charter school movement under President Trump. We are discussing whether or not uh, America is ready for the new wave of charter schools that I predict and a lot of other people are predicting are going to pop up in America. Under Secretary of Education, Ms. Betsy DeVos, I believe that there are going to be a lot of charter schools. And my fear is, is that as a parent, you may not know the charter school movement. You may not know the history of it. You may not be aware of issues. So tonight's show is a way for you to be able to listen as well as to um, reflect on many of the ideas that I'm presenting. My first uh, article that I'm discussing tonight deals with CNN politic article, <clears throat> politics article, Charter School Controversy. Uh, under will only grow under DeVos and we talked before the break about DeVos. She comes from the great state of Michigan where DeVos was a proponent of charter schools and her family very heavily lobbied for charter schools. If you take a look at much of the data that's in, that's coming out from the great state of Michigan, and you look at some of the charter schools, there's some interesting trends that I want to discuss. Charter schools are publicly funded, independently run, keyword, independently run. In some cases, operate a for-profit company. Sometimes that means that they don't necessarily have to follow the district's rules, and they may or may not receive funding uh, if, they, if they play by certain rules. They often don't unionize their teachers. Now, I know that's a difficult word to process, but unionizing teachers, a distinction that puts them at odds with the teachers union. We'll talk about that one later. But I want to focus more about her record, um, her work in the great city of Detroit and looking at some of the charter schools. And you will see that her record around student achievement, around uh, pushing students out of poverty into middle class or into uh, a college. Her charter schools, uh, the schools that she was responsible for managing or being a part of, did not oftentimes deliver the promises that were made. If we look at charter schools, charter schools are on the rise. In 2008, when I finished uh, graduate school, and that was during the time in D.C. where everybody was coming to the District of Columbia to start a charter school. The funding was uh, somewhere around uh, the number of students enrolled in charter schools have grown considerably. So in 2008, there were approximately 1.3 million students, 1.3 million students around the country who attended a school that by definition is a charter school. Uh, in 2014, that number has actually increased to 2.5 million students. I predict that under the Trump administration, it is going to be somewhere around three to four million students who will be a part of some charter school in the United States. There were a lot of documentaries in the movie Waiting for Superman where this concept that public education was such a failure 
that many individuals had to abandon the public schools, that who was going to save the public schools? Well, that was going to be the charter schools. So when you look at movies like that, which I do recommend you watch, you will see that our numbers are increasing. Um, I also want to talk about um, the states. So currently, uh, the great District of Columbia leads the country in the most uh, charter schools. Then Arizona would be a close second. Then you have Utah, Colorado, Delaware, and Florida. And you will see that charter schools um, are starting to grow because many businesses, businesses are using the laws in order to create for-profit models. So the for-profit models was something that really became under the the Democrats. Um, the Democrats' attack on DeVos was that many of the charter schools that were found in Detroit <clears throat> often were not properly staffed. Many of them did not were not teachers were not allowed to participate in unions. And oftentimes the accountability around student achievement was incredibly low. So these are the kinds of issues. Um, Oftentimes, parents, you will hear uh, at the policy level, at the state level, you will hear this concept being tossed around that the Democrats uh, believe that the federal uh, government should actually control or, or have the final say. In education, and then you hear Republicans push back, and they will say that education should be at a local level. And and being a person who is a teacher as well as a student of politics, I've always been interested in this debate that constantly gets tossed around between these two parties. But in the end, in the end, I think that the argument is pretty much the same, and that is the same people that we're talking about. These are wealthy individuals. These are individuals who who find a way to take advantage of the laws in order to create ideas and opportunities in order to sell individuals the opportunities that their public schools can't give them. I really think it's pretty much the same. And we're going to talk about how um, how these issues play out. In May of 2017, The NAACP, the NAACP, and this comes to us by the great people at the Washington Post, where their mantra is democracy dies in darkness. Completely agree with that. On August 7th, 2016, I'm corrected, 2016, the NAACP had in their national um, annual convention in Cincinnati, began to discuss about charter schools. Now, you may ask, why would a civil rights organization take the time to listen to charter schools? What would be the issue? Now, remember in 2016, this country was going through an amazing, difficult, emotionally draining presidential election. And I know some of us may say that uh, this is, again, another example of politics as usual. But what's interesting is at this particular um, convention, many of the things that as an educator 
who has had the opportunity at work, who, who, who'd worked at charter schools, um, there was a report done that talked about how charter schools had did the following. This is according to an official NAACP uh, policy report that was presented at the national level. And it really wasn't until this year that it actually began to take traction. The report reads, charter schools have contributed to the increased segregation rather than that, than rather than integration in our public school systems. Weak oversight in charter schools put students, communities at risk, public funds is being wasted, further erodes local control of education. Now, some of us may say that this is a, another example of politics as usual. You have President Donald Trump, who is running for office, who is also uh, on the backs of individuals who want to privatize public education. And then you've got the Democrats opposing. Um, then the other one that said that came out of this this um, this convention, researchers have warned that charter schools expansion in low income communities mirror. And this is extraordinarily powerful. The language that was used, I think, is a game changer. Researchers have warned that charter school expansion in low income communities mirror predatory lending practices that lead to subprime mortgage disasters. That's the housing uh, disasters for those who may not know what we're talking about. Putting schools and communities impacted by these practices at greater risk and harm. Now, this article goes on to talk about how there should be a national conversation about addressing these issues. And being a, a member of, uh, being an employee of two charter schools I can say unequivocally that I completely agree with this report. I completely agree with this report. If you are a parent and if you're looking to go to a charter school, you need to know what to look for. You need to know what kind of questions to ask. You need to know who does this school report to? Where are the accountabilities? Where all the things that my shows have been around trying to get parents to participate, trying to get parents to ask the right questions. This is yet again another example of why it's so important for parents to utilize a show like Chalk Talk so that you will know what you're doing. You will know what's going on. You will know what type of questions to ask. Now, back to Mrs. DeVos. Her, her policy, if you really look at it, and if you go back to that first article, you will clearly see that she comes from a business perspective. Uh, I can't tell uh, the listeners how many times I've heard growing up in education classes, I've heard different people present that schools should be run like a business. There should be high accountability. And I do believe that a school should have a high level of accountability. However, a school cannot run like a business. Schools are a unique entities. Schools have specific challenges that a business simply doesn't have. So when you look at DeVos's plan, you will see that she comes from a background of how do we get students in? How do we get states to pay 
per student? How do we promise that our educational plan is better than the public schools? What do we do to get them in and what do we do to get them out? How do we prevent teachers from being in a union? I am originally from the great state of Georgia. And in the great state of Georgia, unions, for the most part, are really non-existent. It was not until I moved to the north that I really understood the power of what a union was and how it operates. I can, can tell the listening audience that during our courses, many people, many of our professors would say that we are um, are professionals and professionals are not unionized. Only uh, non-professionals have to get unionized. Well, after working in a lot of schools, I can tell you that that's not necessarily universally true. Unions do protect the right of workers. Unions do protect the rights of individuals. And you will see quickly that in charter schools across this country, there's some relationship So if I'm a parent, I want to know, and you won't think this, but you want to know, are the teachers supported? Do teachers have that collective bargaining right? Do they have that ability? If you have students who attend schools where teachers cannot collectively form and rally, that's a telltale sign that somewhere you do not want to send your child because trouble, confusion, Dysfunctional behavior all goes from the top down to the bottom. And in a school system, you want some form of accountability. How widespread are charter schools? They are growing at such a great numbers. Both Democrats and Republicans are both backing these particular schools. However, when it comes to student outcome, when it comes to Uh, Are taxpayers getting what they want or are people coming in for business models are coming in to take advantage of them? The last thing that we need to talk to before we get into looking at charter schools more carefully. uh, This the data that I put out tonight comes from the National Center for Educational Statistics. And what you are going to see or hear is, is that. Traditional schools, those are schools that are public schools, traditionally schools, you will find that more of the students who attend those are Caucasian. And as you go into the charter school, you will see that charter schools are now starting to be schools where segregation is starting to show its ugly head yet again, where black and brown students typically fill the seats of charter schools across the country. You will see overwhelmingly that African-Americans, Hispanic, Pacific Islanders, um, Native Americans are overwhelmingly in the charter schools across America. The question is, why is that? Is it that these schools give these individuals better teaching opportunities, learning opportunities, What is causing black and brown students to want to opt to go to a charter school as opposed to a public school? Those are the kinds of issues. So, again, there's a movie called Waiting for Superman, 
which actually brings this issue. It talks about the failing public schools, and then it goes on to say how schools are actually being reformed by the great work of charter schools. So when we look at this particular information, we have to ask ourselves, what are the real purposes of charter schools? Are they really doing the jobs that they say that they do? Or are many of these schools, as the NAACP report suggests, simply business opportunities for for-profit companies? That's something to really, really think about. It's something really to think about. And again, if you are a parent, if you're not aware of these issues, hopefully you are, uh, you're definitely aware of them tonight. I'm going to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what does all of this mean and what does what is so wrong about not being in a union teacher? What's wrong about the lack of accountability? I thought I heard you say that it does allow some innovation. So when I come back, I'm going to talk about an experience at a charter school that I think really sums up what Donald Trump's, um, what his vision of what a school will look like down the road. So we'll take our break and come back and we're going to finish our conversation around charter school movement under President Trump. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers but are looking for more? The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality, live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Empowerment Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You are listening to Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton. We want to hear from you during today's show by phone or by email. Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to eric at chalktalkradio.xyz. That's eric at chalktalkradio.xyz. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back to Chalk Talk. Tonight we are talking about a couple of articles that were written uh, at the beginning of the year around the charter school movement under President Donald Trump. Uh, Tonight, I have attempted to have a conversation uh, educating and empowering parents around what is a charter school. Uh, We highlighted some of the pros and cons of the charter schools. Uh, We've talked about Secretary Education um, Betsy DeVos. Uh, I've encouraged my listeners, followers to please go back and uh, rewatch the confirmation hearings. Um, We've discuss the NAACP last year calling for a national moratorium on charter schools by saying that they were disproportionately impacting black and brown students at a higher rate. And we also talked about the the the, the states. Uh, we said that uh, the District of Columbia and Arizona are two of the leading places where charter schools are actually happening. Um, Before, we we also talked about that in this report that was put out by the NAACP, as well as if you watch the confirmation hearings, they use the word for-profit. Many people that I talk to, parents in particular, say, how can a school be for-profit? Well, you'd be surprised. Um, There are many hospitals in America that are for-profit. If the hospitals doesn't do not uh, match or meet a particular projected budget, those hospitals will go under. Many of the charter schools have a for profit model, meaning they get X amount of kids, they get staff wages. You put these formulas together, they produce what is called for profit. Uh, There has been several studies on Wall Street and hedge fund people who um, who take a formula, who take a law, who take money and they invest and they are able to create an entity that on the surface appears to be a reputable school. But in reality, it's a for profit model. The last number that I would like to talk about is the amount that states spend per student on charter schools. It's not clear how federal funding would be distributed since spending per student at a charter school can fluctuate. It really does. The District of Columbia spends approximately $17,000 per student. And I can almost tell you that the more needs that the child has, if the child has any type of learning disability, if the child has any kind of special accommodations, the state, the federal government will give this will give the student more money. The more money then goes to the school system or the school or the charter school. The great state of New Jersey is number two at 15,000. Rhode Island is at 13,000. Massachusetts, again, leader in education, 13. And we can go all the way down to my great state of Georgia is 7,000 per, per child. Uh, Idaho is approximately 5,000. So they're kind of at the bottom. But what's interesting is, is that the amount of money that the states are spending on these schools that oftentimes lack the accountability around test scores, 
many times are not, they don't report directly to a school board. Uh, oftentimes they are figurehead in that there is a person that actually sits on the Department of Education. That one person may be the person that the school board actually, that the school actually reports to. Oftentimes you'll see it's a lack of accountability. And what happens is students don't learn, taxpayers get taken advantage of. So those are some of the issues that as a parent, you should really do your homework. Now, this last segment, we're going to talk about what does that look like? How, what does this, what does it feel like to work in a school, go to a school, attend a school where these issues are in play? Many people will say, you don't need a union in order to be strong, which I do agree. Many people will say that I don't have to have test scores in order to make my school, uh, to hold my school accountable. There's some truth into that. But without some type of governing body, whether it's a department of education, whether it is some board that truly believes in accountability, my three A's are academics, accountability, and advocacy. School systems can essentially do whatever they want to do. A charter school can literally, if they're in the right state with no accountability, they can literally do whatever they want to do. They can have, they can have a course that a person can just create out of thin air. They can have a food plan. Uh, that has to meet minimal health requirements. You can have uncertified teachers. You can have a person who should be teaching math, but they're teaching art. You could have a person who's teaching art who should be teaching math. The accountability on many of these schools are really something to be desired. And what happens is two parties pay for it. Number one, the student, if the student is not getting the proper services, that student is being cheated. Number two, the hard earning taxpayers who have to pay for these, these, these schools. So under the Trump administration, I suspect, and I'm, I'm not a, a, um, a soothsayer uh, for all you uh, English people, I'm not a soothsayer. But I am a person who likes to look at the obvious. And the obvious is, is that we have a very pro-administration for business. We have an individual in, in office who is coming from a state that had a chain of charter schools. Uh, there's much research around student outcome. Students were not reading on grade level. Students had, still had poor attendance issues. Uh, students still had high discipline and academic challenges, which could happen anywhere. This is going to be the future of public education. Will charter schools be the norm soon? Will private businesses have the ability to create their own boards? The article talks about how oftentimes when these charter schools will have a governing body that's supposed to keep the school accountable. Many of those individuals are extraordinarily wealthy. Many of them 
would not send their kids to the school that they govern. So if you're in a charter school and if you have a chance to meet one of the governing bodies, ask them, would you send your child to this school? Ask the teachers, would you send your child, their child to the school? And if they're honest, they will tell you. If not, well, you can kind of know. Uh, but what's interesting about this is, is that, and I don't think that this is a Democrat issue or a Republican issue. I think simply that this is an issue where individuals who are very smart, who have access to legislatures, who have access to lobbying firms, who know the laws very well, who go into poor communities, who promise people the opportunity, who make them feel special by creating lottery systems, who make them feel that they are the answer to their their challenges. And as the article reported, they are predatory. They prey on individuals. Now, there are a lot of charter schools out there that do a very good job. They do a very good job. They're innovative. They have highly motivated, highly certified teachers. Uh, they, they do allow some type of a union. There are some schools out there that are like that. But those are the schools that we're not talking about those schools. Because if you end up in one of those schools, I think your child will be happy. We're talking about the direction that this country is going. And as I said before I came on, I typically don't go the political route because politics really, in my opinion, hadn't really impacted. It it hasn't helped any families that's trying to to learn, hasn't helped anybody move out of poverty. Uh, Education and good teaching are the keys to success. Those are the things that we should be consistently advocating for. Under the DeVos administration, I suspect that there will be a lot of businesses that will go to particular states, many of those states we talked about. And if you are one of those parents, you're going to have to do your homework. Make sure that you don't fall for promises. Make sure that you do your homework. Look on the Internet. Ask. Go to the school Find out about certification. Find out what you need to know so that you can make an informed decision. I'm going to leave you with one particular thing before we end for tonight's conversation. And that is the thing that troubles me the most. And we talked about this. Charter schools have the highest concentration of low income students. Highest income, uh, the, I'm sorry, the highest concentration of low income students. Percentage of, of school population eligible to receive free and subsidized lunches. Okay. Now, when you look at the numbers, you will see what is happening. Will the Trump administration use this as a way to segregate public education? Will it be used in states like Arizona, where you may have a large Hispanic population, a large Mexican population, a large brown population? Will it be used for communities for their students to go to and not hang with our students? Those are some of the conversations that many people are having. And they're also saying, not only are we doing this, but 
I am having to pay for it. As a homeowner, I am actually paying for this practice. So it's really important that you stay on the advocacy side, that you're paying attention to the laws, that you're watching, that you're participating, because if this will be the future, much of the legislation that occurred in the 50s, much of the hard-earned work by Thurgood Marshall and all the other pioneers of the civil rights movement will, will go to waste because America will then move back to a day where race and class will determine a person's level of education. And that's not what this country, uh, that's not the direction that this country should be moving. It should be moving in a direction where people are using their talents to determine what they want to make of their lives, not being based upon what we would call identity politics. So it's important for you to pay attention to the charter school movement. Anytime you have a chance, watch Betsy DeVos when she talks, see if she's going to give any indication as to what her policies are going to be. Um, I think that tonight's show really covered a lot of those issues. And as always, I ask that you to always stay focused on the three A's of, of all that you do with your child making sure that they have strong academics, making sure that you find a way to hold the school accountable, holding your child accountable, and on this particular issue and other issues that you're passionate about, making sure that you can learn how to be an advocate for your child. Until next week, we will talk again. you again for joining us for Chalk Talk. Please join Eric Hamilton again next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for more of everything that parents should know about school.